Can't remember the theme song. <laughs> I'm leaving that in, by the way. And welcome to Word After Word, a podcast on writing. A podcast that appears, I don't know what, quarterly? Semi-annually? <laughs> <laughs> when we <laughs> feel like it. Yes, that's it. More accurately, whenever we damn well please. I'm Paul Matthew Carr, and with me as always is the professor, David Hicks. Hi, Paul. Hello, David. So, yeah, so it's been a few months since we've done this. No comment. Yeah. Uh, 2020. It's uh, sucked so far. Yeah, and I, I want to take a moment to hope, wish that everyone out there is okay. I know that, I mean, we're all affected by this and we all have family or friends who have gotten sick or, God forbid, died. And uh, we just wish everyone well and uh, continued good health to everybody. Absolutely. I, I, I concur. As we record this, we are deep into quarantine and it looks as if we're in store for at least another month, possibly more. And as many people at this point may be getting to the end of their Netflix playlist or unsure what to download next on Kindle, we're here to give you a few recommendations that'll help pass your time while in isolation. That's as far as my script goes. That's a good script. So yeah, so we've, we, so, so we've created a few categories of things we're going to recommend. We're going to do a fiction book, a nonfiction book, something to listen to, something to binge, and finally, a movie to enjoy. So David? How do you want to do this? Would you like me to go first? Or? Uh, yeah, why don't you start us off? Okay. So the book I have chosen, the fiction book I have chosen, is Different Seasons by Stephen King. Uh, this, was, this is an oldie. It was released in 1982. It's a collection of four novellas. And it is, in my opinion, the um, quintessential example of Stephen King at his best. These are tight, detailed stories that don't overstay their welcome. King has a habit of going on long some of his novels <laughs> some of his novels are a bit bloated hmm. but these stories are for my money just the right length and while the they have macabre elements they are really more just character studies of people in unusual situations so as i said there were um there are four stories in this collection three of which have been made into movies so and actually the fourth is in production right now so this could be a bonus recommendation <laughs> read the story and watch the film can you name uh, the, the stories? Yes, I'm going to do that. The first story is Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. Okay. That was made, of course, into the film, The Shawshank Redemption. And it's about a man's attempt to escape from prison. The second story is Apt Pupil. That was made into a film, Apt Pupil. And it's about a young boy who discovers that he's living next door to a former Nazi who ran a concentration camp. That has some interesting consequences. The Body. This was made into the film Stand By Me about a group of young boys who go on a quest to find a dead body in the woods. And the fourth story, this is the one that's currently in production, is called The Breathing Method. And it's about a woman giving birth in a really horrendous situation that I won't go into details for <laughs> with. So, so this is just some really well-written stories from a writer at the peak of his talents. They're good stories and it's a good way to pass the time. That's terrific. Uh, King is, is a, what most people don't know is he's just a hell of a writer in general. And he's known as the horror writer, but he writes literary fiction as well. And he's got a very good book on writing. 
Yes. Uh, and that's a very nice collection to recommend. Thank you. Yeah. And what do you have for us? In fiction? In fiction. I have uh, two odd novels that you, you haven't heard of. I thought I'd balance. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you might uh, recommend something that's popular or mainstream so I could balance that with something that no one's heard of at all. Uh, Excellent. Excellent. So for fiction, I'm recommending a, an Icelandic writer. <laughs> uh, and it's this lovely novel by Eidish Ava Olafsdóttir, and it's called Butterflies in November. Now, Eidish Ava Olafsdóttir is about the, one of the most popular, or let's say popular literary uh, writers in Iceland. And this novel, which depicts a young woman who takes care of uh, a de the deaf and mute son of a friend who suddenly comes into a lot of money and takes this deaf and mute child uh, boy on a kind of uh, lengthy tour or drive over the Icelandic landscape and gets into all kinds of trouble with her exes and whatnot, but nothing really sensational at all. There's really not much of a story. It's just the beautifully depicted character and landscape. And I, I read this, actually bought this at a bookstore in Reykjavik when I was there, fortunate enough to go to Iceland a couple of years ago, I think, three years ago. I fell in love with this, this writer's narration. It's, it's of course, tra in translation, but it translates very well. She uh, has written plays too, so she does dialogue very nicely. And the book, even though it doesn't have a kind of racy plot, does really move along well because of the, the skilled dialogue that she writes. So um, highly recommend, not only because it's a, it's a prominent female voice in this area, but also in this geographical area, I mean, but also for her depiction of the Icelandic landscape, which is if anybody's been there or seen any kind of images of Iceland, it's just memorable. The, the whole thing is a kind of moonscape, geothermally heated with volcano, volcanoes and waterfalls and a, a, a kind of uh, a dry, vacant, but gorgeous landscape with all kinds of activities under the surface. So it's the landscape kind of serves as a metaphor for the characters. Um, My, yeah, I, just, I just want to point out that uh, it just so happens that your profile picture on the website is, is one taken in Iceland. Oh, that's right. It yes. all ties together. <laughs> Uh, the second is a book that came out a few years ago. It's a debut novel by Matt Bell, and it's called In the House Upon the Dirt Between the Lake and the Woods. Ooh. It is the longest title I know of, but it's also, it also, the title reflects the strange nature of the book itself. It is ostensibly about uh, a man and a woman and a child and a bear in some kind of mythological landscape somewhere in the middle of somewhere. You just never really know, except that there's a bear. And that there's, uh, it, there is a plot, it's a devastating plot, but it's also a bizarre plot. It's like nothing you've ever read before. It's really more of an incantation rather than dialogue or, or, or paragraphs. Like it's just kind of a spell, this kind of mystical, gorgeous myth about these people, but the prose is, really unusual and the story is just bizarre like you i promise you've never read anything like that and and it's uh his debut work he's gone on to, he he has written before he's published stories before and he's published since but this book 
remains just a memorable read from the last few years. So I recommend it to anyone who, who's not necessarily uh, married to the standard you know, narrative, linear narrative. That's fantastic. I, I actually really like that sort of thing. I like, you know, one of my you know, favorite things to read are sort of stream of consciousness kind of writing and mm-hmm. uh, imaginative, just, just dream world, dream logic yeah. kind of things. So this might be right up my alley. Yeah, this is a dream. It's a, a very bad dream. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, we're going to put the names uh, and links to where to get all these suggestions on our website and, um, and on, the, on our Twitter feed as well, just so you know. So you don't have to remember that really long title. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's move on to nonfiction. My choice for nonfiction is called Medieval Bodies, Life and Death in the Middle Ages by Jack Hartnell. Jack Hartnell is a uh, university professor in Norwich. Uh, he's, he's mostly an art historian, but he wrote a lot about, uh, this is about medicine and surgery in the Middle Ages. Uh, it brings together, now hold on, hold on, bear with me. Yeah. It brings together scholarly texts and, um, and kind of myths and legends and, and beautiful period illustrations. And I know there are many of you out there that might think this topic is dry or find it unappealing, but it's written with such flair and a kind of a wry humor and it makes it incredibly entertaining to read. And it, it really gives you an insight into how people thought and lived and cared for one another in times of you know, stress and trouble. It's, it's not too far off from how we're living today. Uh, mm-hmm. Although you know, some of the medical procedures, I wouldn't recommend. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really a fascinating read. Please I, tell I, me there are leeches. Of course, there, you, got, you got your leeches, you got your bloodletting. How, how could that ever be dry and unentertaining? <laughs> exactly. There's more to it, though, because it gets into the art and philosophy and religion of the time. It, it's really an incredible deep dive into, into people's lives, you know, and it, and it just kind of goes in there through health and medicine. So it's, it's, it's a fascinating read. I have, uh, again, two recommendations because I just have a hard time deciding. Okay, so leave me do. alone. Yeah. <laughs> you don't play by the rules. I don't. So the first, and, and they're very different. The first is uh, nonfiction, but it's poetic essays. It's by Catherine Winograd, a Colorado writer who writes gorgeous poetry and uh, essays. Her essays, when she reads them out loud, sound like poetry. And her poetry sometimes, when she reads them out loud, sound a bit like prose. In other words, she's, she's always writing right on that boundary, and it, the boundary kind of dips up and down into each genre. So this book is called Slow Arrow, Unearthing the Frail Children. It's published by Saddle Road Press, which is a, a small press in, uh, on the Big Island. Actually, I think they're moving to Ithaca or somewhere, but it's a small press that publishes mostly, well, they publish all, all genres. And I'm going to send you, Paul, and we could post on the website, the book trailer, which is by uh, Caddy Wumpus Club, a, a, a new Colorado organization that's promoting writers. But Catherine's book is a, a series of braided essays. Braided essays, uh, for those who don't know, are two or more different essays or investigations that uh, the poet or essayist will interweave or combine in a kind of rhythmic pattern so that these two seemingly disparate subject matters and essays become one by the end. And you, the reader kind of feels or senses 
or gets hit full force with the connection between the two at some point during the book or during the essay. And quite often the writer will begin a braided essay not quite consciously knowing the connection between the two. Let's say an essay about your spouse being sick and then a study of uh, butterflies, you know, for two random, you know, subject matters. If we put them together somehow, the meaning kind of comes out of them with this kind of really nice energy. That's the opposite of when you read somebody telling you what to think. You know, it's it's the exact opposite. The reader then gets to enjoy the connections between the two. And Kathy does both of them. Well, she weaves those braided essays really, really nicely. It's a beautiful book. Yeah, I, I really enjoy that kind of style of writing too. You see that a lot online. Uh, it's almost as if you're, you know, discovering things with the author, you know, as, as you read it. That's exactly right. Yes. Yeah. And the other is a, a kind of more standard nonfiction book by Patrick Radden Keefe called Say Nothing. And this is getting a lot of recognition. It came out last year. Uh, this is a book that became a New York Times bestseller about the troubles in Northern Ireland. And it's set in 1972, and it's located very intimately on a a kind of well-known murder or disappearance, kidnapping and murder that took place at that time. And then Keefe just kind of expands this to include, without, without a real strong, I mean, there is an agenda, but without really like taking sides, it just depicts that decades-long national tragedy, which we call the Troubles, which, but what some people in Northern Ireland call the war, in a very intimate matter, very uh, journalistic, but also a, he's a real storyteller. And uh, it ends up being the best read I've had about, about the Troubles that I can remember. And I've, I teach a course on Irish literature and civil rights and, or I co-teach a course. And so I've read a lot of books about the troubles and this one's the best. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's great. <laughs> I've, I've read a lot of books in, on that subject as well. And, and other things like, you know, Brendan B and, mm-hmm. and writers and like that. So again, another great recommendation. That yeah, I, know this, what I'm, I know what I'm going to be doing. Yeah, same here. <laughs> to be clear, this is, I've been saying this is the best nonfiction book. Like there's some very dry books about the troubles, you know, listing dates and events. And, and there's very good books like that. And there are also great novels set in troubles. This is the best nonfiction book I've read because it kind of combines the intimacy of the stories of uh, the events that happen to people and also the political socioeconomic uh, ramifications of the troubles. Excellent. That's a very fine line to walk, by the way, in, in nonfiction is. writing to, to be able to be incredibly informative at the same time, be very entertaining. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And it can fall one, you know, it can get really dry or it can just get off the rails right. and not tell you anything. So that's excellent. Okay. So for my pick on something to listen to, I have chosen a, well, okay. So you know what? I'm doing what you did. It's actually two podcasts, uh-huh. but, it, but it's under a blanket of one. It's called the Mythgard Academy podcast. So uh, the Mythgard Academy, they're sort of interactive lectures and they're put out by Signum University, which is an online accredited university that offers uh, graduate degrees in literature and language with a heavy emphasis on the classics and speculative fiction. Hmm. So there are several podcasts to listen to under the blanket of Mythgard Academy. I'm going to highlight two of them. Uh, One is just called the Mythgard Academy, and it's kind of a book club in podcast form. But these are real deep dives going into great detail on each book. And the subjects 
again, they lean very heavily in speculative fiction, but they are all across the board from Tolkien to uh, Bram Stoker, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and, and many more. Frank Herbert's Dune, they do. And um, there, there's even a 26-episode in-depth exploration of Lamort to Arthur in the original Anglo-Saxon, oh. which is a lot of fun. Wonderful. So I highly recommend that. It's just called The Mythgard Academy. The other one under that blanket I want to recommend is Exploring the Lord of the Rings. Now, this is a very niche thing. It's a, you know, if you're a Tolkien fan, this is right up your alley uh, because it's a, it's beyond a deep dive. This is a read through of the Lord of the Rings and each episode deals with a page, maybe sometimes even just a paragraph. And it analyzes the language, the lore, the sentence structure, the meter of the poetry. I mean, if you like Tolkien or want to know why people like me are really into him, this is the podcast. It's, it's, it's incredibly informative. Uh, and it's, and it's, a, it's, it's an active discovery. It's run by Professor Corey Olson, who's known as the Tolkien professor. So he's leading the lecture. At the same time, he has students who are texting him at the same time. So it's almost this active discovery as he's reading through the, the novel. Oh, so that sounds it, wonderful. It is. It's fantastic. Uh, and currently, just to give you an idea of how deep of a dive this is, there are about 140 episodes uh, at the time of this recording, and they're only up to the Council of Elrond, which is maybe, <laughs> maybe a quarter of the way through the book. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah so in 20 years, yeah. they'll get to the cracks of doom. So That's anyway, it's, it's, it's fantastic podcast. It's good stuff. That's terrific. Mine is, uh, again, a nice counterbalance to yours because mine is very short. Uh, and mine is what's uh, people are coming around to noticing this, but and it, and he's very popular. But my recommendation is Patrick Stewart's reading of <laughs> Shakespeare's sonnets, all of them. Yes. Uh, he is one by one from his armchair or somewhere else in his house reading through Shakespeare's sonnets with his inimitable voice and his passion for the sonnets, for them, you know, he reads them not just dryly, but knowing all the lines and feeling the words in his wonderful way. And then at the end saying something like strong stuff or something <laughs> like that. So yeah. that's my recommendation for a quick, pleasurable podcast. Love watching Captain Picard read Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Feel uh, obligated to tell you that he is an actor that he's played other roles. Well, yes, so he, you know. yeah, he's, he's played Professor Xavier in the X-Men as well. I know this. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, we know yes, Patrick yes. Stewart is fantastic Shakespearean. Actually. Yeah. So moving on, my binge watch recommendation is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, nice one. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, if you don't know, ran for seven seasons between uh, 1997 and 2001. It is not only one of the greatest TV shows of all time, it is also one of the most influential I basically separate the television landscape into before Buffy and after Buffy. Because <laughs> uh, this, this show innovated how TV shows were structured. They use using season-long story arcs and interconnected plot lines. It has a strong female protagonist. It pushed boundaries with controversial topics. It used, used its monster of the week set up as metaphors for, you know, for growing up and the struggles of everyday modern life. Basically, if you look at the majority of dramas in the past 20 years, regardless of genre, they are written and structured like Buffy. But all that aside, that's just the technical stuff. This is one of the most fun, well-written, and just damn entertaining shows of all time. 
It's got great characters. It's uh, snappy, witty dialogue, fun, you know, action adventure set pieces. It's sometimes it's horrifying and scary. Sometimes it's hilariously funny. Uh, sometimes it's quite moving. Buffy is just an awesome show and there's plenty of it to watch. So go watch it. Nice. Good recommendation. I, I, I'm ashamed to say I've never seen it. Well, do so. I know. Or, <laughs> I'm afraid the friendship might be over, <laughs> but I will hurry up and, and binge it. Yes. So I have uh, one recommendation, but I want to mention a few <laughs> before I get to it, <laughs> okay. which is by way of saying I have five recommendations. Um, because I, I was going to recommend a show that uh, was on HBO, but not everybody has HBO. So uh, Fleabag is the best show I've seen in the last 10 years. It's only a season and a half, so it doesn't really count as a binge, but it's just sharp and witty and excellent. So, And that's just go see it. Don't even think about it. Uh, I highly, yeah. I, I agree with that 100%. Continue. Sorry. Yes. And I also love Barry, which is still in pro- process, uh, about to come up with a new season, and Curb Your Enthusiasm. 10 seasons of Kirby Enthusiasm. So if you're looking for a long-term comedic binge, that's your show. So if you have an HBO subscription, you've probably already seen these shows. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you've stolen your HBO subscription from your daughter. Yes. Thank thank you, you, Caitlin. The the shows that uh, my wife and I have just recently binged is one, keeping with the Northern Ireland focus, Dairy Girls, which is, Mm -hmm. I, I was told it's cute, and funny, but I'm completely in love with the show. Uh, two seasons, hilarious depiction of four girls and an honorary male member of the of the Dairy Girls in in Derry, in the in the Bogside section of Derry, in the Catholic side, who uh, just get into trouble day in and day out. It's kind of classic comedic stuff, but really funny. Very good show. And my my real recommendation is because it just started season two is What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, my God, yes. What We Do in the Shadows, based on the great film of the same name. So if you haven't seen the film, please do. But What We Do in the Shadows depicts three vampires, modern-day vampires, who are, of course, ancient and have been alive for centuries. But uh, two of them are a married couple. One is the actor who was memorable in the IT or IT crowd, a British show, he and his uh, vampire wife, which doesn't prevent them from having sex with all, or, or eating or biting anybody else. And another vampire live with a familiar named Guillermo, who's always looking for respect and one day wants to be a vampire. And a, an ordinary human in the basement who drains people's lives through boredom just by talking to them. Uh, so he's a, an alternative kind of vampire. But it's a great show, uh, really racy, sometimes disgusting very eccentric. The writing is not boundaried by any kind of standards today. So it's a very different kind of show and a very peculiar sense of humor. But if you like the first episode, you're going to like everything. Great recommendation. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, I do want to add an addendum to that. So the so this series is based off a movie, What We Do in the Shadows by Taika Waititi. And uh, if you get a chance, just watch Anything and Everything by Taika Waititi. Oh, yeah. Isn't he yeah. wonderful? Yeah. yeah. Just uh, His most recent, of course, is Jojo Rabbit. Right. But Hunt for the Wilder People is one of the greatest movies of all time. Yes. Just lovely little thing. Yes. Um, and he has one of the best uh, Marvel movies in Thor Ragnarok, which is also a fantastic film. I did not know. Yes. Thank um, you. Yeah. And, and if we were to recommend a film, I was going to recommend Jojo Rabbit. I thought that we were. Is- I we oh, we are. Okay, yeah. well, let me just lead right into that. Jojo Rabbit <laughs> is my recommendation. 
It is the best film I saw last year, and uh, I thought it should have won the Oscar. It's an excellent movie. What's uh, yours? Well, first of all, you say it should have won. I was, I was very torn about that, too, because I thought that was an amazing film. Jojo Rabbit, that is. Oh, are we going to argue about Parasite? Parasite's brilliant. Okay. I was, I was like floored when they said that was best movie. And I said, yes, they got it right for the first time. They got mm-hmm. it right. But uh, Jojo Rabbit is just, it's, it's, it walks a very fine line because of its subject matter. Oh, yeah. And it does it perfectly. Oh, it's, yeah. it's comedic and tragic, you know, just simultaneously. It's, it's wonderful. Yes, which also, which Parasite also does. Comedic yes. and horror, I guess, right? Yeah. Horrific. So that's, that's another thing. So Bong Joon-ho, who directed Parasite, just go out and watch anything that he's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's done Snowpiercer. Mm-hmm. And, um, Snowpiercer's wonderful. Yeah. Um, the Host, which is a wonderful monster movie. It's, it's just great. Anything he does is great. All right. So my choice for a movie. Oh, it's not Parasite. No, it's not Parasite. I thought for sure it'd be Parasite. I, I, I was torn. I thought I, I wanted to, but I have chosen uh, to keep with the theme of isolation and quarantine. I've chosen The Lighthouse, oh, which is yeah. a, a movie that came out last year. It is a period accurate fever dream of madness and insanity. Nice. Uh, have you seen the film? I have not. Well, my daughter has. So, so this was a movie that was, was released last year. It stars William Defoe and Robert Patterson. About, it's about two men working a lighthouse on an isolated island and they slowly go crazy. That's it. But you have to ask yourself, do they really go crazy? Mm. Uh, because this film can be interpreted in multiple different ways. You could say, is it really happening? Is it just a hallucination? Is it a metaphor? Is it an allegory? Is it everything happening all at once? It's an experience of a film. Mm. Uh, so this was directed by David Eggers, who also made The Witch a few years back. And Everything in the movie is period accurate. The dialogue, the clothing, the furniture, the silverware. They even built a period accurate lighthouse for this to take place in. Oh my goodness. On, on that island, on this rock out in the middle of nowhere. The aspect ratio of the movie itself is from the early 1900s. So it's a smaller square like you'd see in a silent film. Uh, the film stock is from the early 1900s. It mm. has the lenses for the cameras were period accurate. So it has this strange look and feel that's haunting. And it's just, it's a slow burn, (laughs) but if you keep with it, it is incredibly rewarding. It brings up a lot of questions of what what the heck is going on and what does it mean? And if you're looking for answers, the director himself said, I'm more about questions. So, you know, so let the questions flow freely. And it's weird and it might not be for everyone, but it's definitely one of the most original films I've seen in a long time. And if you're willing to forgo being given answers to everything and just embrace the craziness, it's worth your time to experience, and it will definitely give you something to talk about at parties. <laughs> well, that, this is right up my alley, and I did not know. I was a little stunned when you said it. I didn't know David Eggers directed films. He's one of my favorite writers. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Robert Eggers. Oh, okay. <laughs> Robert Eggers. I'm sorry. Did I say David? I just... <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, that was stunning to me. No, no, no. Robert Eggers. I'm sorry. Okay, I, I gotcha. Okay. I missed both. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he's only done well, two films so far. Uh, this one and the witch, which is also period accurate. I don't yeah, know. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this immediately. Yeah. It sounds right up my alley. So so you're not. It's not a, a horror film. It's more of a psych psychological uh, depiction. What yes. do you call that? Psychodrama. Psycho psychodrama. That's good. Yeah. Uh, there are horrific elements to it. Okay. And you know, very it borders on fantasy from time to time, but. Uh-huh. 
that gets into the psychological or the mental breakdown of these two men. Okay. And you get, and that's when you ask yourself, is this really happening or, but you can also get into different interpretations of the film. Like what I said, it, is it an allegory for something else? Mm -hmm. Is it, is it purgatory or something like that? Uh, You know, there's, there is no answer. You can, everyone, everyone I've talked to who has seen this film has a different idea of what it means. And I think that's wonderful. That is wonderful. Okay. Well, as a professor of uh, 19th century literature, like Hawthorne and Poe and people like that, it sounds right up my alley or it's sort of on the boundary of uh, dream and reality, uh, which is where most great visions of the world take place and our own personal visions. So I like it a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's, it's very much in that vein of Gothic horror. Great. Where, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. All right, so that's it. Again, we will be putting we'll put, be putting all these recommendations up on the website and out on Twitter so that everyone can have a complete list. Uh, I'll have to get the complete list from David because I wasn't expecting as many. <laughs> <laughs> I also have to give you the correct spelling of Edishe of Ava Olofsdotir. Absolutely. How many umlauts <laughs> does that have? No, no umlauts, just a lot nope. of accents. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I thank you all for listening. I, I want to be putting these episodes out a little bit faster or at least more of them so that's uh so maybe david will join me in doing that if you want me i'm there for you buddy all right so but until then i i everyone please be safe be healthy and we'll get through this anything you like to say david that that said it very well thank you paul okay thanks everyone and um we'll see you next time Podcast on Writing is a Daddy Elf production.